When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising, and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time and the star's appearance. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word, that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star they had seen at its rising preceded them, until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. From the beginning of time, we human beings have looked up at the stars and wonder. We have looked up in awe, wondered what they were, and have detailed many different ways in which they came to be in the many different stories of humanity. But also, we even, throughout history, have used them to tell ourselves where we were. Navigators from the earliest times have used the stars to be able to tell where they were at. And it has also told us the different times and the changing of the seasons, as people could tell by the difference in the stars that they moved across the sky, where we were and what seasons were coming. And in this way, we have seen the stars play a rather important role throughout human history, and not the least of which is wonder. And I even think for myself that some of my favorite things that have grown out, up, up now out in the country was to gaze up at the stars. There was this feeling at the same time of at once feeling rather overpowered and awe and small in the grand scheme of things. Doubt there was an entire universe in which I was but merely a speck of dust. While at the same time also recognizing that the God of the universe had somehow called me, that before all of it, I was still known, even despite my littleness. And in this way, I think the stars play an important role in particular my own story, but I think in the story of humanity. But at one time it shows us how little we are, but at the same time the fact that we are beloved of the Father, it also shows that how important we are to him. And I think in this way, as we look at today's gospel, something that comes out for me in the epiphany story of these magi is that we've lost wonder. In our modern culture, we like to have everything figured out. In particular, the Eastern churches actually celebrate Epiphany as bigger than Christmas itself. This is the day. This is the day on which Christmas is truly celebrated for them. And I think that's because of the wonder aspect of it. This is the day on which the Gentiles come to our Lord Jesus Christ. 
We like to have things so often figured out for ourselves in Western culture. I've even heard somebody say that scientists claims that within 50 years by, you know, 2050, that we will no longer need psychologists, we will no longer need help, because we have the brain figured out and we'll be able to cure every disease of the mind. And that's, well, quite false, because actually we've, most modern psychology has shown quite the opposite. Despite the drugs we've come up with, Prozac and many other antidepressants, mental illness is still rampant. And in fact, actually what they found is that there's only one thing that truly cures many, many different mental illnesses that heals our trauma, heals our depression, heals our anxiety. And it is communion. That is community, friendship, relationship with another. You see, whenever it comes to wonder, I think oftentimes we think of it as simply standing before a bleak, dark, cold. But actually, whenever it comes to wonder in the mystery, it is an intimate experience. Those of you who have been married, have you actually figured out your spouse yet? For those of you who have children, do you think you actually know everything about them yet? In fact, oftentimes when we are in friendship or relationship with others, as we get to know them better, the mystery only increases. There is always more to discover. And every little bit we discover about them only reveals more that we could find out and discover in them. And I think in this way, too, is our relationship with the Lord. Whenever these magi come to the Christ child, they're not even real sure exactly what to make of it. They simply call him the king of the Jews. Well, they acknowledge him as king of the universe. And each step along their journey, we see them discover something new. Where they first see the star, they just know something new is happening. Then where they come to Judea, they, well, it must be the king of the Jews. And then upon coming to the little house in Bethlehem, they prostrated themselves and did him homage. These magi do more than just simply kneel before a king, but instead they prostrate themselves before a god. It is a gesture that is fitting only for God himself, only fitting for, a, for God. And so we see them deepen throughout this gospel story their own knowledge of who Christ is. And it only deepens the mystery of who he is. And I think in this way we can see in this, again, in this story, the beauty of wonder, but also the importance of wonder, of relationship, of deepening that wonder before the Godhead. In that tabernacle dwells the answer to all of our longings. God comes to dwell in a little white host. What the heck does that mean for us? What in the world goes on for us that God does that? And how can that be? We do not know. We do not know how that comes to be, but we know that it is. And that is the beauty of our faith. We do not have to have it all figured out, and I think this is sometimes the mistake we make in worship, that we have to understand all of it, but we've forgotten to just simply be taken up into it, to see the beauty in it, to simply see that God is present and that it's enough. Relationship simply means being in the presence of another. I know that whenever... I'm down or whatever is plaguing me. I don't really need somebody to fix my problem for me. How many guys have tried to do that for your wives and what do they want you to do? Listen. Simply listen. And it's the same for all of us, men and women. We just simply want somebody to be there with us. They don't need to say anything. They don't need to fix it. They just simply need to be. That is really all our Lord desires from you too. 
You don't need to figure them out. You don't need to somehow fix the problem, every single problem in the church. You just simply need to be here. You simply need to be in his presence. And for him, that is enough. That is all he desires, is for his children to be present with him at Mass, for his children to be present in prayer. It is the great gift of our faith that God requires nothing more of us than our presence, than for us to simply be there. And I think even beyond that, as we see at the end of this gospel, the Magi offer him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I think we so often today, and these are the most valuable substances in the ancient world, gold, which is obviously still valuable today, frankincense, a incense that is often used in worship across many religions and still continues to be used today, and myrrh, an item used for embalming bodies in the ancient world, a rare commodity for so many people. And so we see in these gifts the rarest commodities of the ancient world. And today, what is the commodity that our God desires for us to bring to him? I think there are often many things, obviously, but I think there's one that we could give to him, time. We could give him more of our time. It is the most valuable commodity that we have. Time is money, money is time, blah, 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 blah. But really, at the end of the day, time is the most valuable thing we have. Give time to the Lord. And you don't need to give him hours upon hours. But instead, start by giving him a few minutes. Give him a few minutes in the morning, waking up a little earlier. Shut off the radio on the way to work to simply sit in his presence or to even pray a decade of the rosary. Perhaps taking some time as a family in the evening to simply go around the table along with your meal prayers and give him thanks for something that he did in your life that day. There's so many ways to give him just a little bit more of that time, a little more of your presence that he so desires. In the same way, this is often what we just want from each other, right? I think so often I can find myself caught up in the rat race. Time after time, commitment after commitment, and many of you probably find yourself running from one practice to another. When really I think what the Lord is calling us to do in this day and age is to not necessarily work harder, but to simply be more present to one another and to simply be in his presence. This is all he desires for us because there's a mystery of the human being sitting across from us, your spouse, your child, your parents, another loved one, another friend. In the same way, Jesus Christ also presents himself to you. Just as the Magi who come to our Lord in today's gospel, so too we come to him today. We bring him not gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but instead we bring him our time, or we bring him our hearts, and we bring him whatever we have to offer him. By giving these things to him, he can do much with them. In return, he will pray us more than we could ever imagine. He'll heal the wounds of our heart, and he'll bring us into communion with him. As we stand before the mystery of Jesus Christ, God-made man, continues to be made present to us in the Incarnation and the Eucharist on this altar today.